country radio i'm donnie we got rob and steve here with me it has been a month or so since we came to you uh, a lot's been going on the reds have played pretty average ball since then which is a lot better than really below average ball i guess uh we just watched the end of the afternoon series uh series wrap up with arizona they did not get a sweep they lost sad but Rob, Steve, how you guys feeling about the last month or so of the season? I'll let you kick it off, Steve. Well, um, you know what? It's uh, it's definitely been better than April. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we can. Uh, the Reds been playing about 500 ball since that point, um, which you know, so shows you how bad they were to start the year, but. It's been a little bit more positive. I think they're two games up after after that three and twenty two start, but been a lot more positive. Been a lot better pitching performances. Hitting's done a lot better. We've actually had some games to watch that are enjoyable. Winning some close games too, and I, I think it's just just a more enjoyable product. And we're not the worst team in baseball anymore. We promised that to you on the last pod that we weren't going to be worst. Look at us now. We're like twenty seventh. And if we had won today, we might have got to 26. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Baby one steps. Thing with, one thing with that, I noticed how we are very close to leap, leapfrogging both the Cubs and the Pirates. They are terrible. Mm. Yeah, I got some uh, fun stats to throw your way, guys. Uh, it's been uh, our last podcast we recorded. At, I believe it actually was re- recorded May 19th, but released May 20th. Uh, but since the, our last podcast, uh, the Reds have played 26 games. They have scored 127 runs a game, and they have allowed 127 runs per game. Good enough for 4.81. Yes, or sorry, per total, total, total. My apologies, but but good enough for 4.81 runs a game. So I mean, they're playing below average baseball, but I had to assume everything would uh, even out at some point. We kept predicting that, and uh, like you said, Steve, we're not the worst team in the league. So. Yeah, that would go to the Nationals, who uh, we played, and they uh, we, they beat us 3-1 to in the four-game series, which was just pathetic. It was like every one of those games we lost felt like a game we should have won. Looks like we lost by six runs total across three games. That, if and that, I recall, uh, two of those were like pretty bad losses. I believe it was the, the yeah. Thursday and the Friday game, or sorry, the, the Saturday and the Sunday game. Those were like two really bad losses. That, you know, they had it, had it in the bag and just blew it late. Yeah, we had a stretch yeah. there against some pretty awful teams. Uh, the Cubs, the the uh, Nationals, the Red Sox have been okay. The Diamondbacks, not great. And uh, we should have won more games than we when we did. And we played well enough for a lot of those games to win. And, you know, we blew it. Uh, so e- even still, after all this up and down of the season to start, I still think we're better than our record. 
I still think we're a middle of the pack team and not a back of the pack team. Yeah, and uh, as we've seen, uh, we are actually 26. Uh, tw- I'm sorry, 27th. I can't do math. 27th in the league right now, right behind the Cubs, Tigers, and uh, Pirates. But I think you're right. I think we've just had some late leads where our bullpen has just blown it. And maybe it's been I, – I wouldn't blame anybody because I've been victim to it of – following along with the game, but not watching every pitch, you know, not having the TV on for everything. And uh, I'm just looking at some of the bullpen stats and uh, guys, our bullpen is not very good. Um, it never really was, but uh, it's, 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 it's not been great. I think the really the only bright spot's been Alexis Diaz as of late, really. That's my guy, by the way. That's my, like, Alexis Diaz comes in the game. I'm like, okay, we're good. Anybody else? I'm like, yeah. yeah. But um, well, and even even he hasn't looked quite as sharp as he as he was, uh, you know, earlier in the season. Uh, I think he's been overused a little bit, honestly. Uh, you know, when when especially with uh, Lucas Sims still out with back issues, which I haven't heard anything about. Uh, you know that that's not that's not going to help. Yeah, uh, you need him back. You need. You know, I think they should use Jeff Hoffman differently. I don't think he should be just an innings eater. I think he's pitched pretty well. Uh, you know, I would have rather seen him today than uh, Art Warren, who has been god awful. Uh, I yeah. just, I, like, yeah. it seems like Art Warren is one of those guys this year that, like, every time he comes in, he's given up a run. I checked his game logs. That is not true. Um, I don't think he'd be on the team if that were the case, but. Um, he had gone four straight scoreless outings before today, giving up four runs and only recording one out. So, you know, it was tough. And then obviously today's game was a little bit rough. Reds only scored three, uh, four runs, three, uh, two in the second, one in the eighth, and one in the ninth. That's just not going to do it for you. Um, but, you know, when, when wins a win last night, uh, Wednesday night, uh, Tuesday night, if you're listening to this on Thursday, where the Reds scored five times in three extra innings, to win that game. Um, but this bullpen, like, you know, it's just another thing where we've had to score a lot of runs again. And I feel like last year, the bullpen was so bad. That was why they had to go shore it up at the deadline. But guys like Luis Sessa uh, hasn't really been able to perform as well as he did last year. Um, Justin Wilson uh, got TJ. He's done. Uh, Lucas Sims is obviously out. Tony Santion has been up and down. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of consistent guys in that bullpen right now. Steve, you weren't too far off with uh, your run per game hunch that you had with Art Warren uh, through, I believe, where did it go? 25 games. He's given up 19 hits, so six off. He's got a 7.66 ERA as well. Um, it's not going to get it done, boys, especially with a team that's fighting for its life. <laughs> well, yeah, and then- I will say. Uh- you know, we are going to get, I believe, Justin Dunn is relatively close. And I imagine he's going to go into the bullpen. Uh, and, you know, we will get Lucas Sims back at some point. So both those guys hopefully can boost the bullpen a little bit. Uh, and since Dunn was a starter, I believe, maybe he can be stretched out a little bit and fill that innings here role rather than uh, Hoffman. Hoffman should be used in higher leverage situations, I think, until he proves otherwise. Uh what else? And then uh, when Lodolo comes back, that gives you more optionality in the starting rotation. And one of those guys, whether it's Lodolo or otherwise, can go to the pen. Uh, you know, I think that's what you got to do. You got to put your best pitchers in a spot to pitch games. Uh, I hope it's not the case where 
you know, we send down someone like Ashcraft or Lodolo. Uh, hopefully those guys stay on the roster and contribute because I, I do think there's they're making him a good team here. We're, mas- we're wasting a lot of great starting pitching. I mean, pretty much across the board, starting pitching has been good enough to win every game they've started. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, and like you know, obviously Tyler Malley, nine innings of no runs, two hit ball. Uh, what a Miles nice. Miles Michaelis threw a no hitter uh, on. Well, he was throwing a no hitter, went eight point one innings, still gave up a run. So I prefer the guy who doesn't give up runs. That's that just seems ideal to me. So um, Did you see that. Uh... Uh, what was it? Mally was at like 104 pitches or something after the eighth, and like told told Bell like, "Yo, I'm staying in." And, uh, and he yeah, got there's the job a, done. There's a screen cap of like Mally just like staring out into the field, and like Bell's just sitting right in front of him, also staring out <laughs> into the field. It's very funny. I didn't tweet it out, but it was it was pretty funny. Um, looks looks like also that uh, Vlad Gutierrez went on the IL recently uh, with some uh, forearm tightness. So uh, that's never good. Um, and then, but uh, looks like Lodolo is going to be back in June. Uh, Justin Dunn is looking to be back in like mid to late July. Um, Connor Overton, it says he'll be back for the second half. Um, I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and then <laughs> the other one, uh, the other pitcher that's on the aisle right now is uh, Daniel Duarte. So um, I don't think he's pitched much since that first Atlanta series of the season. Yeah. Uh... So we, we've been getting crushed by injuries. I mean, even uh, Aquino just went on the injured list. He hasn't been great. He's had some, he's flashed some moments since he got back from the injured list the last time or no back from a uh, AAA. Uh, but just in general, I mean, just brutal injuries, injury luck. Uh, Farmer was scratched today. I hope, I mean, I hope he's fine. Uh, but with India and Moose back now, hopefully those guys can stay healthy. Stevenson, we probably have about a month left with him out after breaking his thumb on a foul ball. Just terrible luck. Uh, Matt Schrock should be back soon. I think he's in AAA Louisville, as well as uh, Donovan Solano. Uh, those guys are both on rehab. Infielders, which we don't really need infield help, but uh, I think e- either of those guys could slot, slot into corner outfield if needed. And, uh, you know, they've got good bats. And, and we've been definitely, it's been hot bat in. You know, there's not really... One of the benefits of not having like core players, I guess, besides Votto, uh, really, that that are going to be in the lineup every single day. I say Votto, India, and Stevenson when they're healthy. Uh, maybe Senzel, but not really. Uh, those guys are going to play every day, and then everyone else. It's like if you're hot or you're a good matchup, you're going to play. And I mean, some guys are playing. We've seen the tweets. Uh, some of these guys, Drury and uh, Reynolds, they're playing better than some guys we lost this past season. Winker. Uh, you know, and whoever else, and you know, whoever gets the opportunity. I mean, that's the that's what we saw with. We've seen players like that step up in the past with uh, Scooter Jeanette, those kind of guys that have a chip on their shoulder. You know, these guys might not be, you know, all stars over the next five seasons, but hey, if they're gonna give us one or two good seasons as we build back with some talent, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. Major props to the Reds major league scouting department because they've hit on a, a lot of those guys. Like you said, like Jose Iglesias for that one year, Tyler Naquin's been great for us the last couple of years. Matt Davidson won us a game in 2020. Um, <laughs> Christian Cologne, that one didn't really work out as well. Um, but Derek Dietrich, Derek Dietrich. Yeah. Yeah. Dietrich yeah. was great. Yeah. He served, then, he served a nice purpose. 
Yeah. And Is that the like first said, half of the 2018 season he played for us? 2019? 19, 19, 19, yeah. yeah. 2019, yeah, because 150 years. Mm, uh, but then, yeah, you're right, you're right, Don, also about Scooter. Uh, Scooter was a great pickup for the Reds in those lean years. And um, I, I think it's just been like a, a big props to them. Like they've, they've kind of struck gold a couple times. And to get two is uh, a little bit rare. You only, usually you only get one, but both Drury and Reynolds have been really good this year. I think Drury's like fifth in like, has the fifth most hard hit balls out of anyone in baseball this year, it doesn't like wow. Some Mike Petriello t- tweeted that out recently. I was like, I, he doesn't really hit home runs, but I, I guess he's so. Uh, that was something I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up Drury uh, in the discussion. So we're about a month out from the All Star game, and every you know, unlike other sports, every team in Major League Baseball gets an All Star. Someone will represent the Reds uh, as bad as they've been so far this season. Someone will be there for the Reds. Uh, I picked Brandon Drury. He leads the team in home runs with uh, 13, right? Uh, you know, he, he's got an OPS around 850. Solid season so far. Uh, I don't know who else it would be. Kyle Farmer's been okay, uh, you know, relative. And Tyler Stevenson, Tyler Stevenson would have been my pick if he didn't get hurt. I think he's not going to get enough credit for, you know, the amount of games he's played. And then, yeah, you could go on the pitching side. And Graham Ashcraft's been incredible. But at the same time, he's only—he's really only played a handful of games. Uh, I think, as far as pitching goes, you got to really be elite to get selected as a pitcher, since there's no—I uh, don't know—it's a little, a little different for pitchers. But yeah, I remember one year uh, that was during the lean years before, like the playoff runs in like 2012 and 2013, when Coco Cordero still pitched for the Reds. I remember yeah. one he, he was the lone representative. He just like sat in the dugout. I don't know. So, like, I don't know if – I mean, he was the closer, technically. I don't know if it's different for relief pitchers than it is starting pitchers. But, like, could you take a guy like Graham Ashcraft, who's probably been the best player on the team every time he's taken the field? Um, does that Would that qualify for him just to, you know, sit in the dugout at least? I mean, like, I, usually they want to give those awards to, like, like, uh, like veterans too. So, like, if there's a comparable veteran, they would probably – like the players would probably pick the veteran over Graham uh, just because he's a rookie and like, he hasn't like paid his dues or earned his time yet. But if he keeps so pitching, take, like, they like take a guy is. like a Jeff Hoffman, who's one and zero with a three RA through 22 games. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if they would like try and go for Hunter, honestly, just because of like the star factor. Like, I mean, he, he's definitely had the stats in his most recent starts and he won mm-hmm. NL player of the week, but I mean, he's he's a star. He's a young star, and he can throw 102 if he needs to, and, like, he's got a nasty slider. I wonder if they would pick him, but Donnie, I, mean, I th- he, he lost, like, his first seven games on the, on the season, uh, or one and seven or something. I think he, yeah, would, have he, to add, he would have to be absolute lights out over his next three or four starts for that to happen. He's three and seven with a 5.10 ER. Do we, right do we care about win-loss record anymore? Hey, you know, Steve, the uh, people deciding that, they sure might. <laughs> I mean, all right. I mean, he's not starting a game or anything, but yeah, but yeah, that's fair. I, um, I think Hunter Green's going to have plenty of uh, All Star years ahead of ahead. Uh, he, he needs to be more consistent, and he's done that lately, which I've been impressed by. He and Ashcraft both have been really over the last their last handful of starts. I'd say they've been very solid. Uh, yeah, and that's that's been good to see because yeah. anyone can kind of have a flash great start. I mean, we saw that in some of those lean years you referenced where. Shit, I remember uh, Sal Romano, I feel like, had a game where he went, like, eight innings and, like, no runs. And we're like, oh, this guy's the future. And you can't 
you know, any, any of those guys can have fluke outings where they're really effective. Uh, but it's all about putting it together. I remember Edinson Volquez in 2008 had like a game where he went like eight innings and almost got a no-no. And then like he, I thought he was the truth for the longest time. And then obviously Johnny Cueto got that title, but like hmm. that you can't just take it off one game. You're right. You got to like, you see him build it up over time, time and time again. And um, I, w- I want to get back to the all-star discussion, but real quick, like we will talk about trades later in the episode, but if, you imagine that they kept every starter they had this year rotation next year, opening day, 2023 of Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, uh, Hunter green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. That's five studs right there. That's five <laughs> good dudes right there. And yeah. we can talk you, about you trades throw a healthy uh, Connor Let me drink. in the bullpen. What, what was that? If Overton's healthy, you do, do you throw him in the bullpen? I mean, yeah, I like, yeah. I mean, I, if he if one of those guys does get traded, he would probably be number five there. But that's still a good number five. Like he's a classic sure. contact hitter, uh, contact pitcher, and that plays well at Great American. Like you need ground balls, you don't need fly balls. And like Overton was doing that before he got hurt, which really sucks because I really wanted to see him keep pitching. But if it brought up Graham Ashcraft, I'm I'm good with it for right now. Absolutely. I think uh, I think Ashcraft might just be the better pitcher out of all of them. Personally, he seems like he's more of a complete pitcher. He's got more what, stuff to work with. And if what is it about him that uh, like because he doesn't really he's got a fast you know he throws 100 miles an hour, but he's like a ground ball out guy. He's, he's not some yeah, crazy loopy loop pitcher that's gonna uh, you know make you look silly he, up there. He's about like Connor Overton, where they just pitch to contact. And they don't care about getting strikeouts as long as they're getting outs. They're doing their job. It's just the the perk that he also has a heavy hundo fastball to go with it. Yeah, that I like that word, Rob. Heavy. Um, he has the sinker that's like ninety nine, a hundred. People have compared it compared it to Class A from the Guardians and Corbin Burns from the Brewers. And like Corbin Burns is only getting up there at like ninety five, ninety six, and Graham's dotting it at ninety nine, a hundred, which is just crazy. And you can't really do anything with it. You can just ground ball it and. Uh, Rob, you said the word heavy, like that. It's not really a thing anymore. I feel like, but I feel like it used to be such a big thing where guys weren't really getting strikeouts a lot, but they were just throwing a bowling ball up there, and like you couldn't really do anything with it. You either had to fight it off your hands or just hit a ground ball and hope you were getting it through the hole somewhere. So, like, I, th- I feel like Graham's kind of a throwback. I did get roasted on the uh, the Reds Twitter community for saying that I didn't think he was very exciting. Uh, in that game, he uh, had like two strikeouts to end the sixth inning, and uh, he was like, "Fuck yeah, let's fucking go!" And like he was just, and then people were very quick to tell me uh, that was exciting. So I'm sorry, Graham. I didn't mean to offend you. If you were paying attention, you are very exciting. I uh, I was just saying in general, like just watching a guy uh, pick up a lot of ground ball outs isn't like the most like. I don't know. Like, I guess we're too used to strikeout artists now that you can't get right. excited by seeing a guy do that. But Graham's been killing it this year, and I'm really happy for him. I love He's how excited pitching. he gets. Uh, that, that emotion that he shows on the mound is huge. Uh, and it, it's crazy. But in the game of baseball, when you have 162 games and it's such a drag sometimes, seeing that emotion on the mound is really something that, uh, you know, you can't put it on paper. There's no stat that quantifies it. But it really does make a difference. And having good clubhouse guys, having guys that get excited on the field, 
it literally translates to wins. This breaks up the monotony too of the baseball season and like, you know, having like the, uh, the Kyle Farmer major league thing with Aquino doing the Joe boo and like drinking the classe azul, which I I, like good for (laughs) them. I hope they're ringing those bells after games. That's awesome. Um, or after wins, not losses. We don't, we don't ring bells after losses. We only ring bells after wins. But I, I agree, though. It's like something to break up the monotony, especially in a season where people thought they were weren't they weren't going to be good. But as a player, you have to think like you know, I got to go out there and play every day my hardest and just try to have some fun with it. So Graham's been definitely been a good part of that. Kyle Farmer has always been a good clubhouse guy. Uh, Aquino apparently is one of the funniest guys on the team. Uh, then you got Naquin and Vado feel like there's been a lot of guys that have to try and help out the morale, uh, even through a losing season. It's great. And, uh, if Tommy fam is going to keep up with the fantasy football thing and keep, <laughs> if that's the biggest thing that the reds do this year, I'm okay with it because I would rather prefer it be about some sideshow than have fans constantly doing the sell the team and just droning on about how everything sucks. And like I, it, that got so old in April, I was so tired of that, and I got sure. burnt out yeah. so quick on that. But no one, I feel like no one's really doing that right now. People are just watching ball and then complaining about what happens with the bullpen, like normal. I mean, it's all, it's all been a welcome distraction. Did you guys see uh, Vada do that TikTok with the uh, little girl? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool. a few days was ago. Awesome. That was neat. Pretty good gritty too, if I say so myself. I'm probably <laughs> not an accurate grader on that, but. I, think see, I, can, right. I can see you that, doing a great gritty. That uh, the dance is out of my realm. I have zero coordination or moves at all. Uh, I just kind of just go with the flow, man. Yeah, that's kind of why I mean that. It'd be fun. <laughs> a great I mean, wedding. It's, it's gonna it, it's gonna catch on hot though because Jamar Chase was doing it last year. Now Vado's doing it. It's like the two two of the the biggest sports stars in the city are doing the gritty now. So every little kid in the state's gonna be doing the gritty <laughs> if they it. weren't already. <laughs> Yeah, when Jamar comes back for his third uh, first pitch of the year, uh, they'll do the gritty together for a TikTok. Gosh, People I got so it. mad about that, like the inviting the Bengals, like multiple Bengals to different games in April. Like, I mean, I don't know. Wait, like, so it's Jamar, Jamar Chase has thrown the pitch out twice, first pitch out twice this season? That was just a joke. Like they were, oh. uh, So he threw it out for I know, I know he did it once. I know he did it once already. Yeah, but um, like they were, uh, Rob, if you remember, they were inviting like, defensive linemen like they're inviting like offensive (laughs) they even invited like the kicker i mean obviously evan mcpherson is more than just a kicker but just saying that they invited the kicker of the afc champion team to do the first pitch is very funny i was at a a game one year and i think drake heard patrick throughout the first pitch it was like some random throwaway game against st louis in like the beginning of august and me being the browns fan i booed him from the top deck (laughs) You're probably that asshole that booed Andy Dalton when he uh, was uh, playing at the, <laughs> the celebrity softball game back in the day. Probably. I mean, sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, uh, Donnie, do we want to uh, talk about uh, – well, I, actually, I do want to bring it back to the all-star thing real quick. I, sure. I was talking to a buddy real, uh, today, and he was asking me, like, would it? Would you rather have it be Farmer or Drury as a fan? And I thought to myself that I think Drury would probably be more deserving of the nod right now. But 
as a fan, I would love to see Kyle Farmer get that nomination. He's been crapped on by our own fan base for about two and a half years now. And the guy's done nothing but produce. He's been a really solid major league shortstop. He's been a little bit below what he was last year, but he's been a really good hitter. Uh, he crushes left-handed hitters. And he's been like better. He's He was better defensively last year than he was this year, but just to have that guy on the bench for the all-star game, I think would be cool. So I'm, this is my petition for Kyle Farmer. I agree, yeah. Steve. I, I agree uh, 100% with it. He's a guy I think is, that's earned it. And he, like you say, he's been kind of, you know, crapped on by the fan base, but he just seems like just an overall solid dude. He's just been a really solid player for us. He's swinging a good bat. He plays a solid field. Like, I think, um, was it, was it this year or last year? He would, he was number one in the national league in fielding percentage. I remember yeah, us yeah. discussing year, right? discussing that stat on one of our episodes, and um, he's flashed a good glove in the infield so far. Yeah, I think uh, be a, be a great representative of the ball club in the city. Absolutely, he'll have to. He, he's playing well, but he'll have to turn it on in the last next couple of weeks. But uh, hey, that, that would be great. We would love if he uh, got hot. So it'll be all right. Uh, we'll have one player this year probably, but that's okay. Uh, I think there's still a lot of good to build on this year. And, you know, I, I think especially like you were saying, there's, there's less of a sell, sell a team nonsense, which who knows, maybe there are right still, but uh, I think this team has been more fun than I thought they might be, especially after that start, after that three and 22 start, you know, there was a chance I didn't even watch another game in the season, especially with, you know, the guys you wanted. I thought the only appointment viewing was going to be green and Lodolo. Well, they both kind of struggle out of the gate. Lodolo gets hurt. Green's not playing that well. Then suddenly Green nearly throws a no-hitter. Uh, you know, he, he, put, he put down 20 guys in a row in his last outing or the outing before. And, uh, you know, suddenly we've got Graham Ashcraft, who is just as electric. And uh, when you mix in Mally and Castillo, there's three or four uh, games in a row there where I – I'm sitting on the couch, absolutely ready for the entire game. I, I want to watch those guys throw. And I was worried about pitching this year. We lost some great pitchers in our bullpen and in the rotation. The bullpen obviously still needs work. But, man, for those first six innings or so of each game, uh, we're watching some special talent. Yeah, Guys, you get, get, a, get a feeling this is kind of like last year's team where – they had good starting pitching and an okay offense, and the bullpen struggled, and they were just begging for bullpen help, and they got it, and they just couldn't quite put it together. I'm starting to get a similar vibe to this team. Where, like, last year's team was fun to watch. This year's team is very fun to watch as well. Are they more fun to watch this year, you think, or is it just we're maybe just, just riding the high of them coming out of that really bad start? I mean, as good as some of the pitchers were last year, uh, I don't think we saw – you know, the, the lows were probably higher, if that makes sense. But we didn't see any of the, like, absolute dominance that we've seen lately from some of these guys. I mean, sure. no one was having the outings that Mally had last night. No one was having kind of, you know, striking out or, or putting down 20 guys in a row like Hunter Green and, and also coming off the back of a pretty much no-hitter. I mean, that that is domination. And maybe on average, last handful of seasons have been better. Uh, but, I mean... <laughs> The ceiling on some of these guys is is unlimited. I mean, the sky's the sky's the limit on on Green, Ashcraft, uh, Castillo, even uh, Lodolo when he gets back, and that I think is it makes this team a little different. Uh, I agree there, and 
mean, Luis Castillo started off the season kind of poorly uh, last year. He had two months there where people were complaining that because it was cold, he was not throwing the ball. Well. Uh, so, but he's been a lot better this year. Obviously he started the season on the IL, but yeah, you get to skip the cold month. Yeah, yep. exactly. See there, there we go. Um, and then if you, maybe that's if, the key, just don't let him pitch in March whenever he comes up or April. April yeah. Yeah. Luis, you report in March, everybody else report in February. Like we'll, we'll, we'll get you there. Um, I also think too, though, that they, the Reds weren't as reliant on having good starts last year because the offense was a little better last year, I think, because of the obvious guys that we lost. But I think if like they were scoring six, seven runs a game, I think there was a, I calculated it at one point last year, they had only lost two or three of 30 games when they scored six or more runs. Like that's obviously that's pretty good. Um, and you know, they like, they, they just were a little bit too reliant on the bullpen at some point last year. And then it kind of just crashed and they got, they got some help at the trade deadline for sure. But I think what really killed last year's team was losing Jesse, losing Jesse at the start of August. And then they, they dropped some series they weren't supposed to drop. And then the Cardinals uh, beat them and start their winning streak. And that was kind of it. But they were, they were that close. They were in the wild card spot multiple times last year and they would have been in under this year's rules. And it, I don't know. It just, it's, it sucks to hear that just because obviously we could have probably kept the same team together under the same payroll number. Um, maybe not Castellanos, but like, you know, they, they're, the, the framework was still there for a team to be good. And there was an opportunity for these guys to play better in a really bad division. Like this division is not very good. The Cardinals and Brewers are trading spot have traded spots recently, but they're, they're neither of those teams are going to do anything in the postseason because no central team from either league does anything ever in the postseason. Like the Brewers got there last year, they won all those games, and then they lost to the Braves. And like, yeah, I just, it's just so frustrating to me that we are in one of, if not the easiest division in baseball, and we just punted on a year. Yeah, because yeah, the way, uh, way it's looking right now, the Brewers are two and a half back of the Cardinals, and then it's the Pirates who are 11 and a half back, and then the Cubs and us. So really, if you look at it, we're, we're two games back from the third best team in the division. Which is pretty crazy. That uh, tells you how bad our division is. Yeah. But one of my buddies was texting me today like, man, I wish, I hope the Reds go and get some, uh, some bullpen help at the, at, the, at the deadline, even if it means getting rid of a guy like Malley or Steele. And I don't obviously. I feel like bullpen help is something you get in a year you're actually competing, uh, or you know at least kind of in the mix. Uh, he was like, ah, no. What if we get like a young guy that has a lot of team control? And you know, my retort to that, and you guys can give your thoughts. I don't know if that exists. Uh, young guys in the bullpen. Well, a lot of time guys in the bullpen are failed starters, so maybe they're not that good. Uh, and anyone can find a failed starters in their own organization, and they can turn out to be pretty good bullpen arms. We found that with Garrett uh, Lorenzen, uh, who's now starting and doing great, but that's beyond besides the point. Uh, I feel like any, like basically the only available relievers are guys that are 30 plus that are established and are good relievers still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no, no one's trying to move some 25 year old reliever. And like he's either your closer 
or he's not quite good enough to really make an impact or really be a guy that you would get much out of on a trade, I think. I don't know. I agree with you there, Don. And if you move a guy of, like, Mally's caliber or somebody else's caliber, I, I think you're not going after a bullpen arm. You're going after probably another bat. That's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah. We definitely need help in the bullpen. I just don't know if it's yeah. – like, I don't know if it's in the market. I don't think it exists. You can find bullpen pitchers a dime a dozen on the waiver wire or just on mm-hmm. free agency. Like, or you just call up a guy that you don't think is going to be a starter from AAA and you just put him out there. Like, I mean – I I wouldn't trade for bullpen arms unless it's like Craig Kimbrell or someone like Michael Gibbons was definitely a good trade last year. I feel like the Reds Gibbons was great. Got yep. a lot out of that. Uh, Wilson and Sessa were both good last year mm-hmm. uh, as the in the second half with the Reds. But that's that's also the, but that's the kind of thing you do in a, like we're going for it year. You yeah, know, that's I don't see value in adding even a even a team control guy. I don't see value in doing that this year. Even if your right. bullpen is just god awful, like you just kind of deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's for example, more value. So, if we're giving up Mali or Castillo, I wouldn't want to waste one of the re- return players on a bullpen arm, even even a young guy. Yeah, because you can always convert a starter to a bullpen guy. You can't really do the other way around. Right. Like, so, give me so, someone that's at least expected to be a really good starter. And if he doesn't work out, then he's going to be a great bullpen arm. So, like, my I think, example. I think San Martin. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. I think San Martin could be a great reliever. I think his stuff plays way better there. He's a lefty. He could be a great piece of this bullpen, but he's just not a starter. We found we got to bulk him up. By the way, he looks too skinny on the mound. We got to we got to get him some meals. Yeah. Well, did, did, um, did didn't he have a bulk in today's game or Wednesday's game? Yeah, like I don't I don't understand. Are we still calling bulks in the year twenty twenty two? Come on now. Yeah, that was tough. Speed kinda the like game. Kind of like how traveling's enforced in the NBA now. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, Steve, I interrupted you like twice. No, 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 you're good. Um, my example would be Spencer Strider, that one dude that was in the bullpen to start the year with the Braves and like blew us away in that early series. He's now starting for them, and he's like kind of like Hunter Green a little bit. He's got the he's got the fastball for sure, but he's he's been their fourth or fifth starter, and like they're they were looking to try and get a couple of their other starters back. They probably don't need to anymore now that they got Strider and they don't have to rush guys back to get good starts when they got the guy like that out of the bullpen. And I just don't think teams want to give up on young pitchers right away unless they know, unless they, when they, once they reach the major leagues, that is the Reds picked up uh, two younger pitchers uh, from the Mariners and twins in the trades earlier this year. But those were guys that were either in like a ball or had never reached the major leagues, obviously. But right. I, I feel like the, the idea now is that once you get to the majors, you, they're going to try and get everything they can out of you before they either trade you, cut you, or uh, send you back down to the minors. Like I've, once the minor league, ar- major league arms are very hard to come by, and I feel like those guys are going to try. Those teams are going to try and get everything they can out of those big time prospects or just arms in general before they move on from them. Sure. Uh, but, okay. The, trade uh, trade uh, Mally to yes. the Angels for. Joe Adele. <laughs> no, so that, that was what I wanted to hit on. Like, who are we, who are you absolutely, you know, trading away in a month? Uh, like, what well, is first the, up, do you think we're absolutely going to be sellers at the deadline year? Realistically. <laughs> we're 17 games <laughs> under a third of the way. And, I mean, you never know. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, know. sure. If we win, if we go win 15 games in a row, yeah, that could change things. But uh, I mean, even if you go, if you if you so we're about a month out from where you would really need to make that decision. So if you win twenty of your next thirty games, 
you're still seven games under 500 at that point and probably at least seven or so games back in the wild card. I mean, even then you're still like probably sellers. So, I mean, we'd have to go on an absolute tear. Uh, you know, three and 22 is a tough hole to climb out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there's three guys. It's obviously the two pitchers and uh, it's Brandon Drury to me. Now, if the Reds didn't trade Mally and Castillo in the off in the spring training period, I don't think they're going to trade them unless they get like a offer that really wows them. And so I think Drury's the main guy, maybe Tommy Pham, maybe Matt Reynolds, any of those one year guys, they're like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, but I don't think they're going to trade pitchers. Do you think after what's happened with Pham, teams are going to be wary of uh, adding him to a clubhouse? I think so. Personally, I think he's made himself a kind of a jackass here these last couple weeks. I, I, I mean, if I were a manager or a, a somebody making decisions i don't think i'd want him in my clubhouse personally i mean i don't know how much you guys trust jim Bowden after what he did to the early 2000s reds but he uh said that tommy fam was just basically like untouchable now so i guess we're just stuck with tommy fam um maybe they'll, he'll get traded for like cash or something like that but it, that would be hard to move him i guess the other one would but he also be, has that clause in his contract though he gets paid more if he gets traded so right yeah so maybe he'll just be traded for like cash considerations or something like we probably won't be able to get a prospect for him now um i like the idea of if we can get some value for jury especially you know, if he's an all-star that'll make him even more of a high profile target like people will kind of realize what he's doing more because i think he's just slid under the radar having a really solid season and uh, if we can get value for him, that's great. Get pitching, get outfielder, or, you know, get something else besides an infielder. We got lots of those, you know, especially as Solano and Schrock get healthy. Uh, those are guys under team control. I think Solano, maybe not, but uh, uh, Schrock definitely for a year or two more. Uh, we've got a lot of infield talent in general. Barrero's not even up yet. Uh, I think Drew would be the perfect guy to get rid of. Maybe even Kyle Farmer? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I don't want to see him go, but the Reds clearly don't care about fan favorites. Uh, <laughs> and uh, especially, he, he's not really in Ouch. the. I I feel like he's not really in the long term plans at shortstop. I mean, you got no, he's not. He's two. Other, you got two. You got two other really good guys coming up behind him that are two pretty highly touted prospects. And uh, Ellie De La Cruz, you got Jose Barrera, and hell, maybe even Matt McClain could play third base. Or well, sorry, shortstop. And Farmer is on the wrong side of 30. I know he's still in ARB years just because he was a college guy, but. Yeah, it, it stinks for him. It's, it almost reminds me of like a, a Scooter Jeanette situation where he was a really light, well-liked player, but it came a point where, you know, he had a couple great seasons, but that's just all you're going to get out of him. And I think we've gotten way more than we expected uh, out of him. All those other guys we traded for from the Dodgers in that trade, uh, who would have thought that Kyle Farmer would even still be on the roster? He's the last one standing. Uh, yeah. And so I think, obviously, that's a great, you know, that's a great win in that trade. I think Kyle will really value his time as a Red. He'd probably still love the city and all that. Uh, you know, I think we, we, did you guys see the, in the Mark Sheldon blog today where he was talking about the Farmer, we got to like write a few paragraphs and uh, blogged about how being a dad changed him and how he, he brought his kid into the dugout for the first time, or the, or the clubhouse, I guess. And uh, sounds like he really likes being in Cincinnati, and he's definitely a fan favorite. He's such a good clubhouse guy, but I could see him being a nice little trade target for someone that needs some infield help. 
and he deserves a shot to go somewhere to, to chase, you know, potentially one last shot at success. Sure. It feels like he was one of the few guys that contributed in the playoff game, you know, in the playoff games against the Braves. Like he was, I think he might've had a couple hits or something, but I, I'm just, I, you know, he's been like a grinder for the last four years. I don't even remember where he, did he play like second base in 2019? I kind of forget what he did then other than cat. He, yeah, he was, he was more of a catcher. Uh, yeah. He mainly caught, but then he was second and third. Yeah. He was not shortstop at all. And I was happy. They, they just kind of moved him to short just out of necessity, really. Yeah, yeah because Gino was uh, not the, was terrible. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm happy for him because he earned that opportunity to play there. And obviously when they, uh, when they brought back Freddie Galvis for 2020, they thought Kyle might not be able to play there again. But I think Kyle played some games there at short in, in the short in 2020 season too. So like he's really earned his way through. And I think he's really enjoyed being able to play for the reds and not the Dodgers just because he's gotten an opportunity to play shortstop where he's shown he's good shown he can hit. And like, he's just got such like a classic, like, like he's like a nineties ball player to me. Like he like hits for average. He can hit for power, but he's got a good glove. He puts his heart on heart on his sleeve for his team. And he plays just, he, he's a fun guy, too. He That just kind of reminds me of, like, 90s baseball. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, he's he didn't want to be a backup catcher. So, I, I think he's very happy not doing that. I mean, you know, I saw some people on, you know, Red's Twitter when Stevenson went down, like, oh, you know, make Farmer your everyday catcher. Uh, you know, obviously he's a better hitter than Aramis Garcia. Aramis Garcia. And, uh, and it would help clear up the infield club a little bit. But that's just, you know, that's a move that I would make in uh, out of the park baseball or MLB the show. He, it's not really a move that you would consider in real life. Farmer is very happy at shortstop. He's an incredible infielder. Uh, and he just doesn't want to play catcher. And we've got guys that are catchers and uh, silly as that is, that's just how it's going to work. Uh, you know, that kind of thing only works on Twitter and on paper. Well, I mean, like we got, we got those young guys that are able to catch and like, you know, use, like they're, you know, Kyle Farmer is not like after he got his bell rung a couple times too yeah. in 2019. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's probably just not in his best interest to be out there catching. Like, but on the other point there, uh, you know, I'm sure he's, his bat would stay in the lineup. He's a great hitter, but he doesn't, he hasn't had that much experience catching at a high level. He might not be the best, you know, pitch caller. Uh, if you saw the comments from Mally yesterday on, on Garcia, he said he and Garcia were completely in sync. He had like, he was like reading his mind. It was like the perfectly called game. And like, that is a, that's what a career catcher will do for you. That's a guy that knows the pitchers. And uh, Garcia is not the best hitter. He's not going to light up your, the box score, uh, you know, day in, day out. He's going to have some flashes here and there. He had a great spring. Uh, he's shown, shown some moments here and there, but he's, his value as a, as, as a catcher. And, you know, Garcia has been around for a little while. And when I saw that yesterday, that, uh, he and Mally were like that, that in sync, that made me happy knowing that, uh, at the catching position, even if we lose a little bit of bat compared to Stevenson, uh, you know, we, we still have a guy that can work with these pitchers and that's super important. I think people don't really, people discount that sometimes how much a catcher, a good catcher can impact, uh, you know, your pitchers. Really? He's like the perfect backup catcher. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this would be a perfect time to have Tucker Barnhart too, but, uh, not going to get upset about that. Yeah. 
Um, he pitched today or uh, on Wednesday as we're recording. Uh, he pitched in the ninth inning for the Tigers as they Tucker lost did? 13 to nothing. Yeah. Wow, I might have to go watch the video of that. That's funny. Yeah, uh, he pitched right after Roger Clemens's son, who is not a pitcher, uh, pitched in the eighth <laughs> inning. So, you should, uh, did you tweet that from the account? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I've been staying away from like those guys. Like, I don't. Yeah, know. that's fair. I retweeted. We move on. I retweeted his tweet though when he was like, "Best of luck to Tyler Stevenson. Get sure. back out there and keep killing it." But I don't know. Like, I haven't really interacted much with like those uh, with the old guys. What they're doing now? I guess Jesse Winker. Had a single up the middle against Sonny Gray uh, earlier uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Winker struggled a little bit, though. Yeah, Suarez has been good for them. Winker has struggled a little bit. Um, I think it's just probably getting used to like a new, new, new place. New, sure. Like Gino's been traded for, so I guess he knows what it's like a little bit. Um, right. But like, I mean, Castellanos is like not really lighting the world on fire in Philly. Um, they've the team is, but I don't really think he's been. He's just been roping doubles, so good for him, though. Uh, <laughs> Sonny Gray has been uh, off and on the injured list. Wade Miley, same thing. Uh, I haven't really heard much from Amir, so I guess he and Javi really haven't done much uh, this year in on their new teams. So, uh, and then other than that, did we trade anybody else? I, I can't Lorenzen. remember. Yeah, Lorenzen's, Lorenzen's been, been good. good. He got featured on like the uh, the City Connect uh, advertisement, so I was I was glad for him that he got to do that. <laughs> yeah, he was out there in his vans looking yeah. super LA. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, all I, all the players they all the players that they traded away like this offseason they've all been pretty pedestrian. It's kind of made me think like for these. I mean, they're like unpopular trades, but like from a statistical standpoint, they probably weren't that bad of trades. Maybe. Uh, well, yeah. so, so one, I saw one, thing I, one thing I think about is uh, a guy like Jesse Winker, we know for a fact, is a super talented player. He's having right. a rough start to his season. He's going to come back, especially over the next few years that you have him under control. He's going to have he, some, he, he was the biggest gut punch out of all of them, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. For me, for sure. Well, he, even a guy like Sonny Gray, too, I would say. Uh, and the return they got back for the Mariners trade is really just not looking that great right now, other than the well, we'll see. Con- Connor Phillips kid, but like. Other than that, yeah, I think it's it's good. early on some of that, but uh, but no. So like those those players that are proven and still pretty young, I think you know they're going to bounce back. On the flip side of that, a guy like Matt Reynolds and even Brandon Jury, they're playing really well now. Who knows if that'll sustain? Uh, you know, we kind of saw that with Derek Dietrich. We basically saw that with Aristides Aquino, where a guy lights it up, and if he's not really a talented player, I mean, there's a reason he wasn't a super high prospect. Yeah, they're going to fade a little bit. And, you know, longer term, the team that has Jesse Winker on their roster might be better off. That's true. But we'll see. We'll see. That's, you know, it's all speculation. But uh, we got a couple more topics left for you. Steve's got a fun one for us. And uh, we have some listener, listener uh, questions. We post on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following there on both. And, uh, what, TikTok, Facebook, wherever else you want to follow, at ATBBTTR. I'll uh, plug it now. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, uh, Reds Country Radio, of course. Uh, you know, we're, we're just having fun here, but that always helps uh, get get the podcast out to more people. And uh, the follow on Twitter, I think, is a pretty good one. Steve does a great job with that account. So uh, we reached out for some questions there. Steve, what do you got for us? All righty. Uh, and then, listeners, I apologize. The dog is barking in the background. So uh, I've tried my best, but... 
I, I think it's just a losing battle for this one. So, um, okay. Yeah. She, yeah. she doesn't like how the Reds are playing either. Okay. All right. I got a, I got a couple Tell of questions them, here that I thought were pretty good. Um, where do you see the Reds? This is from PB Collingsworth Mix. Where do you see the Reds five years from now? Still swapping out positions constantly. Um, I don't really know what that means other than like swapping out position players, but I, I think that's just kind of a thing now. You got to do a little platoon action. Well, I guess the alternative to that would be, will they ever have like a core, like a real group of like six plus guys that are just always in the lineup for like four or five years in a row? Uh, it's been a while since we had something like that, but I don't know if this team is built for that. I don't think that they will be. I mean, you're a guy like, hopefully you'll have, you know, Stevenson in India in the lineup every day for a while. Uh, and those guys aren't going to get swapped out, whatever you, whatever you actually mean by that. But especially as those guys enter arbitration, I mean, we, we proved it by getting rid of, you know, Winker and Suarez. We just can't afford to have an entire team of guys that are like at that level, which sucks. But it's, uh, I would say you're, you're going to get, you're going to sign players. You, you could sign great players like Castellanos for a couple seasons, but to have like a really sustained core, I don't know if that's really what the question's asking, but I don't see that happening. I think that's probably it. Yeah. I kind of see them uh, five years from now. I think they might be retooling another rebuild around India and Stevenson under a new ownership group. And they might be having Joey Vado's number retirement ceremony. Ooh, just, even, like, just, so just, to say, draw, uh, just to draw more fans into the stands for one night. Five years from now, we could have a totally different kind of... Uh, I mean, India and Stevenson will be 30 years old at that point. Yeah. Uh, De La Cruz uh, and... Uh, who is it? McLean. Those guys will be up probably. Okay. Uh, you know, Senzel will be a grizzled veteran at that point. Uh, but some of the pitching definitely. Lodolo and, and Green could be... If you know, if that's, especially if we Prime. were to extend either one of those guys, they could be Reds pitchers for a long time. Uh, I would love to see. I mean, when was the last time we preemptively extended someone? Suarez, basically, uh, uh, and that Suarez, didn't even work out. Um, I think we well, Tucker. Man, we extended Votto after his MVP. Yeah, he doesn't say yeah. That was. I mean, that he earned that one. <laughs> well, and that um, was a while ago now, but so yeah. I know Tucker and Suarez were the two recent ones ish. But when was the last time we extended a pitcher? Uh, Homer Bailey was that? Was that the last time? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's scary. I guess. They extended so, him over Johnny Cueto. That still haunts me to this day. I don't I, know if they're I, scared of doing that, but I would love to see uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. Uh, I would love to see those guys be Red, Reds pitchers for the next decade. Well, I, I mean, I want to see what Nick Crawl does, just because obviously I think he kind of panicked on like the. We'll see what what it looks like. You think like he'll be the GM five years from now, honestly? No, because <laughs> he'll be question. the president of baseball operations. He'll promote himself oh, okay. first, and then we'll get another GM. Anyway, no. Um, I, I think he he'll will just be. because, like, look, like, obviously the trades this year just didn't really work out. But we had to – I think Dick Williams just kind of, like, said F it and was just, like, going, like – as hard as he could in 2020 because he knew he was leaving at the end of the year and he signed those contracts did pretty well on two of four that he signed um, Shogo and, uh, and Mike Moustakis haven't turned out quite as well, but obviously Cassianos and Wade Miley were p- both pretty good in their time. Um, I'm, but I'm 
I mean, you know, the Mike Miner deal was, I mean, it wasn't great, but if he hadn't been hurt this year, maybe he could have been a trade chip. I still think he could be a trade chip just because he's a, a veteran lefty and he could eat innings, whether it's out of the bullpen or as a, a six starter for a playoff team. Um, that's another guy, by the way. Um, and then, you know, like I do look like, you know, Amir Garrett was coming to the end of his time here anyway. Um, so, you know, get something for him at least. Um, the Jesse and Suarez trade can't really reconcile that yet. We got to wait on that one. Um, although Connor Phillips has been pretty good in Dayton. Um, but then, you know, like, you know, Bryce Petty is supposed to be a good prospect who they got for Sonny Gray. And um, we'll see who they get this this summer. But I really think like with the division being really poor and how many prospects we got coming up, it could really be a short rebuild. You know, it could be like a one, two year, two, three year thing. And we could be back in the playoffs again. You just never know. So I want to give crawl time, especially with the expanded playoffs. Seriously. Yeah. I like, you know, pitching can get you there. Like three studs that we might have in Ashcraft, Lodolo and green that that could probably get you there. Yeah. And uh, if we decide to keep Mally and uh, Castillo, maybe extend one of them uh, at least we got them for at least another year or two. This team could be pretty solid. But yeah, they're closer than I think the record this year indicates and that people probably realize. Yeah, definitely. Um, OK, another question. Um, speaking of the farm system, uh, will Bob and Phil ruin the excellent players in the Reds farm system? Um, that was from Joel Short, but he put an apostrophe <laughs> before the S and Reds. So uh, penalty to you. Uh, <laughs> think about that. one. But um, it would be hard for me to see them meddling again with the team because I think that was one of like, I don't really know about this. Maybe you guys know more, but that was one of the big complaints about Bob, like before the rebuild really started is that he didn't want to trade guys at their peak value because he either wanted to keep them for the all-star game or because he just really liked them and didn't want to let them go. I think they had a couple good trade offers for Billy Hamilton that they never really pounced on because Bob wanted to keep Billy. And obviously that didn't really turn out into much. So what do you guys think? Like, what you, like, do you think they'll they'll get involved again, or do you think they'll realize their mistakes and let the baseball people handle it? Well, considering I hope we traded away their mistakes, let... go ahead, Don. Considering we traded away a lot of fan favorites this last offseason, I think that tells you part of that. There, uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's the only point I'll make. I I think that is a, something that would not have happened, uh, call it ten years ago. Yeah, I just I kind of hope they they realize the mistakes. Let the the baseball people make their make up the minds, uh, make up the the decision making process going into this. And uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. But that that question also directly mentioned like prospects. Uh, you know whether that's uh, I also I, when I heard first heard that question, you can read it again if you want. But uh, I thought it meant like, are we going to screw up all the good prospects we got? Kind of like we did. Like in general, we after 2013, 14, or whatever that was, we did think we were going to be in a good spot. We thought we had a lot of really high ceiling guys, and they just none of them turned out. Literally none of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening this time. But again, prospects are such a shot in the dark. Uh, yeah. Again, as long as the front office doesn't just trade them all away, whatever happens, uh, some of them aren't going to pan out, and that's just how baseball works. Hopefully, some of them do, and you know, you need a little luck there. Definitely. 
Um, one more. Uh, how did David Bell's future with the Reds change and miss the sudden sudden success in mid-May? Man, I'll, I'll start with this one again. Uh, I think just like, uh, not to bring up politics or anything, but uh, I think just like people love to attribute or not things to the president that are pretty much out of his control or that he has very little influence on, uh, you know, in the economy and, and the prices and everything going on in the country. Everyone loves to blame the opposing president if they didn't vote for them and all that kind of thing. Uh, you see that on both sides. <laughs> I think the same exact thing happens with the Reds manager and, and any head coach of any professional sport. They are the absolute worst manager or head coach ever if the team's playing poorly or if they make a decision that ends up backfiring that obviously looks terrible in hindsight. Uh, you know, all those bullpen changes, if they work, they're genius. And if they don't, then they're the worst move ever. Uh, and, you know, when he does make one of those moves and that guy gets a hit that, that, he, that he brought in off the bench or some random reliever that doesn't even pitch much comes in and gets a clutch save, he's a genius. And suddenly we, we, we win 10 games in a row and suddenly David Bell's the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, you know, the players like him. And he's making moves that any, any manager would make. And I think as long as he still has the clubhouse, he's the guy for me. The players love playing for him, as I understand. And, you know, get mad at him for the, for the ins and outs of when to pull a reliever. No one gets that right every single time. The best managers in the game are going to screw that up or just have some bad luck where they just switch pitchers or whatever it is, and it just doesn't work. Uh, so everyone, every manager gets reamed for that and i say if you have if you have the clubhouse still i'm fine with it yeah i think uh like the three and 22 start was not all that was david bell of course and the way they've rebounded is definitely uh you know a lot is going to allow him to this to remain manager through the season i think he probably earned himself maybe another season as manager as well um, I, I've also heard like that he's also like pretty tight with the castings, like the bells and the castings are pretty tight as well. I don't know if you guys can vouch for that or not. Um, yeah, it's like not all completely his fault, and uh, I I like him. I didn't, I didn't really like him at first, but uh, he's grown on me, and I've I've come around to it. He seems like he's a players' manager and has has supported the clubhouse. We have we have not seen a really good David Bell blow up this year, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's we need one. Yeah. That's Beautiful. something that I really need in my life right now is David Bell just absolutely blowing his stack and losing his lid on an umpire and like just, just calling the opposing manager a piece of shit and MF yeah. the dude up and down the field. I like it. I like it. Fire up the boys. It's like the classic basketball coach getting a technical just to fire the boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we can um, use that. I mean, I would just look at, honestly, the last two guys that got fired in baseball this year, like Joe Madden and Joe uh, Girardi. Joe Girardi. They, they both got fired despite having like great tenures and, you know, they just weren't performing with their do managers get in the hall of fame, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So Sparky I would say they're both hall of, hall of fame managers. They both won world series titles, one each, but I mean, you know, like sometimes if the vibe is just not working, then like, I think they, they fired those guys. And obviously the angels have not been that great, but the Phillies have really taken off since firing uh, <laughs> Joe Girardi. And like, Obviously, the Reds aren't going to go anywhere this year. I don't think they're going to do anything if they fire David Bell. But they just showed you they had faith in him last September when they extended him for two more years. And if you think about it, like the team has gotten better the first three years he was here. And the record won't show it this year, but the farm system is still really good under him. And I think like 
you know, like Rob said, he's a player's manager. Nobody has ever come out and really just been like, I, we don't agree on that. Like, I feel like everybody is in pretty much lockstep on liking David Bell as the manager. And I, there, there was no point to firing him at three and 22, like Brian Price got fired yeah. because David Bell doesn't was- really have any like 77 uh, F bomb laden rants. <laughs> Uh, at the local media, or I think people generally yeah. like him. So. Yeah, wasn't going to solve anything. Firing went three and twenty-two wasn't going to fix it or solve anything. Right. Yeah. Well, and like you know, I think as long as he's well liked by the players, and I think just the general idea of what he's doing is working, then I'm good with it. You know, and if he's not the guy in in a year, you can just move on. Uh, he's only got this year and next year, and. But I think this year, like, he really did not get anything to work with. He didn't get much of an opportunity. And I'd say, like, just keeping the guy's morale up is something that, you know, like, without doing all the goofy stuff that Joe Madden used to do, he's he's got these guys, like, playing better than they were. They're not completely horrible. And I have to think some of that is the manager coming in and just, like, keeping the vibes good, you know, and – like I think the only time we've ever really seen David Bell interact with the guys in the clubhouse is like a couple times when he's told people they're going to the All-Star game and after the Reds clinched the playoff berth in 2020 when they had him go bang the gong in the clubhouse with all the other guys. So like I I think he's just been supportive of his guys. He's always like the first guy at the top step to welcome a pitcher back to the dugout after a good inning or like first guy welcoming a guy who just hit a home run. Uh, first guy at the top step, and I don't know. I do want to see, though, a blow-up from him. I agree. Um, but, yeah, there's no point to firing him. I mean, that's just like starting another search where people just say, hire Barry Larkin, hire Barry Larkin, and repeat themselves on and on and on. And, you know, if I've been listening to Barry Larkin correctly, I don't really know if I want him managing the Ritz. I love Barry Larkin, don't get me wrong, but I don't I don't really know if I want him managing the, the Reds after <laughs> listening to him commentate. Yeah, I was going to say, after listening <laughs> to some of the stuff he says, uh, I, don't I don't know. I feel like David Bell is one of those guys that, like, slides off into the coach's office with him and, like, Delano DeShields and just, like, secretly, like, rip heaters post-game. <laughs> I can see it. I kind of get that vibe from him. Another rough night, Dave, as the media come in and like they like uh, smell the cig smoke. He's like, yeah, what do you what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> he's always been positive in the postgame press conferences, too. Like I never really watched them, but the, the captions are always positive for those videos. And like it never seems like he's ripping anybody other than Clint. Hurdle. Yeah, he's he's not ever like disparaging. He's just like, yeah, we got to play better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or he's like, yeah, I was I like what I saw from him. Like, I like the progress he's been making. Like, I mean, you know. Generally positive dude, and I, mean, I think that's good for a clubhouse, especially a, one, a losing clubhouse right now. So, I don't know. Why not? Keep Dave Bell. I agree. All right, Steve, so we got one more topic before we get out of here. Hit us with okay. it. Okay. So, what do you guys want to do? Would you prefer to cast Major League with Reds players, or would you play want to play the looks-like game? Like with Major League? Oh, I'm sorry. No, with Reds players. Oh. Or, or Reds people. What's the looks like game? So yeah. I tweeted this out last night that uh, David Bell is giving off some major Cal Jacobs vibes. And for fans of Euphoria, who knew yeah. who Cal Jacobs is. Um, if, but if you don't know, uh, Cal Jacobs has white hair with like a white goatee. and But he's like a younger dude. He kind of looks like David Bell, honestly. And 
David Bell right now is sporting like a tiny white goatee. And there was a look. And I'll send the, the tweet into the group chat right now. There was a look Three, at one point last does strange things to a man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, he, he looked exactly like Cal Jacobs. I was like, oh, God, we can't have this guy managing the team. Uh, so um, I, I just want to go through a couple that I thought of and just see Let's what you Let's Yeah. So number one, Jonathan India, obviously jo- Johnny Depp. You know, like he is Jack Sparrow. I, I think those two are like a perfect match for each other. For sure. I will say his look, and I brought this up more, is, is his, his look is more of a uh, the look that uh, the main character, what's his face, uh, Long John Silver has in uh, uh, Black Sails. But not, not as many people know that one. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that one. Um, I, great. I just haven't. But so... Like another one that I think I'm kind of close on. You guys can like tell me if I'm wrong, but um, I think Connor Overton looks like our host Rob Hole here. Um, I think they have him <laughs> just straight dead in the face. Um, but uh, a more serious one. I'm just uh, looking through the roster right now and uh, vamping a little bit. But I, I I do think that if you were casting like this this movie and for you know Kyle Farmer to play Jake Taylor I could see him being yeah. like Kyle Farmer's a handsome man dude like I <laughs> I bet you could get probably like Bradley Cooper to play that role I could see like Kyle Farmer being like a country music singer or something nowadays he just like has that look to him yeah well yeah I mean, can he can he do a bunch well, of impressions does, of uh, he does uh, Luke Bryan really well doesn't he Luke yeah. Bryan yeah thinks- yeah yeah he he does a great Luke Bryant um, and then I don't, I don't really have a good, like other one other than like Joey Votto just looks like the most serious Canadian dad in his photo. <laughs> like he, like clean shaven, no smile, just like, like very Gets serious. Six, drives this kid to hockey practice every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just like, no, I, I'm not playing today, son. I've spent too many cold winters in the Canadian, uh, in the Canadian wilderness and I'm, he looks like he could be like an ice road trucker or something to me. Like if I hadn't ever seen him before, but, um, those were like my, my two main ones. Obviously everybody knows about India and, uh, but what do you guys, do you guys have any that you can think of off the, off the top? Well, to put off your, your major league, uh, reference there, didn't, uh, Aquino get the, uh, Jabu statue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, um, he could he could be Pedro Serrano, I guess. Yeah, I would say like the old uh, Eddie Harris type was Mike Miner. Like he's the old yeah. Wiley vet. Like he needs a couple extra drop on his curveball. Um, I'd say Hunter Green is probably wild thing. Rick Vaughn, you know, he could throw a, throw a hundred, but sometimes uh, just... I, I think Hunter, Hunter Green Hunter Green's too clean cut to be Rick Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn like came out of prison and like wore the glasses and had like a mean streak about him. Like, is it Ashcraft? Maybe. <laughs> He's got the, I kind of like that. Has anybody in the pitching staff been to prison? <laughs> I don't think let, so. let us know. <laughs> um, who's uh, who's Roger Dorn? I don't know. Oh. I, like, I feel like being named Dorn is kind of offensive for like the first part of the movie. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess like the the only comparison would really be Votto just because he's like the high money guy and like he – not always like he, sometimes he's like focused on the on the finances and stuff, you know. But 
I, I didn't really think of a good one for Roger Dorn. Maybe like I don't, I don't know. I I, I don't think there's to, really any, anybody that big enough of like an ego on the team to be Roger Dorn. Yeah, well, but I mean, Roger Dorn owns the team for like the first part of the second movie, so like, I could see Votto like owning a team and then coming back and That's activating true. himself. Um, <laughs> Jackie Moon, owner, player, coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was also thinking about like uh, Willie Mays Hayes. Um, I, I don't really have a good one, but Billy Hamilton would have been a great Willie Mays oh, Hayes. Oh, for sure. Sure. Run for like sure. Mays, hit like Hayes. Well, you run like maze, but you hit like shit. Like, <laughs> I like I, I really could have seen Billy Hamilton in that role. And then, um, but that's kind of it, really. Like they don't really go too too deep into the, many of the players, but I, I think that's a good five or six. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Uh, I gotta rewatch that movie some, at some point. I haven't seen yeah, it. It's it's been a hot minute since I've watched Major League. I think two is almost just as good, like because I think two kind of like shows you like okay they're shit now, but watch them like turn back to being good again. And I like that they got the new ballpark already, uh, and they're they're like they, I like the Randy Quaid character too. That one's good. Um, Randy Quaid is all of Red's Twitter all the time, just perpetually angry and like sell the team. Bob is kind of like him crossing out the team logos on the <laughs> on the shirt and stuff. Um, but like, I, I would love to see like Graham Ashcraft walk out of the bullpen one one time in like the leather jacket with the cutoffs and like, hey asshole, oh my god, oh my god, he's back, <laughs> he's back. Like, I what uh, two might be just as good. Like, obviously doesn't hold up to like the classicness of one, but two's pretty good. I've actually never seen Major League Two, so. Free on YouTube with ads. So there you go. Free on YouTube with ads. That's where the clip comes from. The we won a game today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It's a leg thing or a mental thing or a heart attack. Who's having a heart attack? Me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, like, clear on the me. No, that's good. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We went longer tonight, but that was good. It's been a month, so... We'll try to come to you uh, a little more often than monthly. Uh, but I was I was jo- I was joking to myself earlier that we are probably everyone's favorite monthly Reds podcast. podcast. There's lots of uh, lots of good Reds podcasts out there that are that are more often than monthly. So uh, we can be your wanna, favorite, favorite monthly one. I want to thank all of our fans and listeners for their monthly subscription to yeah. Reds Country Radio. There are dozens of it. you. Dozens. Yeah, you, you can leave a tip jar. Uh, you can leave a tip on our social media profiles or um, if you just vet, uh, DM one of us, we'll gladly give you our Venmo, you know, just, just, <laughs> just let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. So. Hey, that sounds good. Steve, uh, stay cool out there in Arizona. Uh, I appreciate you giving us good vibes and helping us at least win a series uh, this week. But uh, Rob and I will do what we can when the, when the red legs are back home here. Yeah. Um, I got to talk to you boys about that. I think I'm going to uh, one of the Dodgers games next week. So maybe we can Ooh. all meet up Lincoln Hill. Oh, there. I'm um, down for that. Absolutely. By the way, uh, I, I have a greater appreciation for great American ballpark now after going to three games at chase field. Uh, no one really cares about the games. Like every, like hmm. the D backs hit a home run on Monday night and like maybe like half of the people there cheered. And like, there was like some, they played some music and like, I don't know, but like, Nobody cared about strikeouts. Nobody cared about like good defensive. I'd seem like everyone was there just to like hang out and drink a couple beers, which I'm okay with, you know. But I do <laughs> appreciate. There? 
Uh, yes, they do have a pool there. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> but I appreciate that, like, there's the banks uh, because there's not really much around Chase Field. Like, there are a couple bars, but there's not not really that much. And like, you know, that can you walk? Can you walk to those bars? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's just like just a couple like rooftop or like you know sidewalk bars, kind of like what Stretch and Holy Grail are. But gotcha. It just it just doesn't seem like people are really there, like for the game you know like there's people wearing like all different types of jerseys i met a dodgers fan i met a marlins fan like there's just people there just showing up just to watch just, just to just be the social, social aspect yeah. which i'm again i'm fine with like i'm not against having a couple pops and just sitting out there and watching a game but i have a greater appreciation now for great american and for the fans and what like a, a baseball crowd can really bring to a game for sure well, Steve, I look forward to you uh, making making your grand return. Uh, that sounds great. Hopefully, the Reds can win a few between now and then, and and then some. So uh, we're, they're going to go on a miraculous run, and when we come to you again a month from now to talk about the trade deadline, they're going to be buyers, right? Yes, Absolutely. and they're going to have a Phil Castellini uh, <laughs> cardboard cutout in the locker room. Did you see gonna... that there was a stretch there where we were when we went zero and four? It was directly following uh, his appearance on TV. And people started oh. like people started tweeting about that again. And uh, he, it was like good though. He was like promoting some one of the foundations or something. But uh, I, I just thought it was funny that of course yeah. every, time he, every time he shows his face, we go on a losing streak. <laughs> like it's like for the good of the team, Phil, stay away, please, <laughs> please. I don't need your another apology. I feel like you've he's apologized like six separate times. Yeah, I'm over it. Let's just win ball games. That's all we need. All right, boys. Uh, let's have a good night. Uh, Reds are going to go on a big winning streak here. Make sure you Absolutely. follow ATBBTTR. Go Red Legs. Smash those beers. Go Red Legs. Go Reds. <laughs>